0: It can't be good for her to be in there for this long. Mike, you need to relax. What if she gets brain damage or something? Oh shit, is that like a real thing? No, it's not, he made it up. Mike doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Oh, and you do? No, uh, I do. Yes, from the Hawkins Post. I, I called a couple days ago about the, uh, yes, yes, Um, I was just following up to see if anything else had gone missing or if, okay. I'm uh, sorry to bother you. Who's next?
1: There is no next. Unless you wanna start calling random people's homes.
0: It doesn't make sense.
1: Part of any of this makes sense. There's a
0: pattern, okay? A consistency to their behavior. They've been feeding on these chemicals since this started and, and what, they just stop out of the blue? Maybe they have all the chemicals they need. Maybe they've all turned into those things. But what about the source? I mean, did the mind flayer just suddenly stop infecting people? And even if the flayed are monsters now, Why can't I find them? Okay, can you guys settle an argument for us? Who do you think should decide Elle's limits? Mike or Eleven? The way that you frame that is such bullshit. It's not bullshit, Mike. This is your whole problem. And it's also precisely the reason why she dumped your ass. Elle dumped you? Yeah, because she is conspiring against me. She's corrupting her. No, enlightening her. The fact is, she's not yours. She's her own person, fully capable of making her own decisions. She's risking her life for no reason. For no reason, Mike, the fleeter out there doing God knows what. Killing. Flaying. Transforming into monsters. And Elle's not stupid. She knows her abilities better than any of us. Exactly. Thank you. And she is her own person. Exactly. With her own free will. Exactly. Elle has saved the world twice, and Mike still doesn't trust her. You want to talk about trust, really? After you made Eleven spy on us? Wait. What? Oh, she didn't tell you this? No. Your girlfriend used Elle's powers to spy on us. No, no, no. I did not make her. It was her idea. And why are we even talking about this? Seriously. Yeah, who cares? I care. Yeah, I guess girlfriends don't lie. They spy. We were just joking around. Would it have been so funny if I was taking a massive shit or something? You weren't. But what if I was? Then bro, Seriously, Mike. I'm just trying to demonstrate how careless Max is with Eleven's powers. In fact, how careless all of you are. You're treating her like some kind of machine when she's not a machine, and I don't want her to die looking for the flayed when they've obviously vanished off the face of the earth. So can we please just come up with a new plan, because I love her and I can't lose her again. What's going on? Nothing. Nothing. Just a family discussion. Oh. I found him. Found... who?
1: Well, I mean, it wasn't nine months, at least, right? Since the last episode. I've done that before. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Stranger Danger. Finally put out a new episode last month after way too long. And um, I knew I was going to get the rest of Stranger Things 3 up uh, over the summer, and uh, took me long enough to finally get the next episode up, right? Right. I want to uh, thank you guys. Thank you so much for continuing to listen and support and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, the fact that you're still out there uh, and it shows in the numbers that people are still listening and subscribing, even though I don't deserve it because of how long it took. I really appreciate every single one of you. But... But I want to uh, I want to make a shout out specifically to to one young fella. I got an email um, about a week and a half ago uh, that was just saying that uh, loves the Stranger Things podcast, the Stranger Danger podcast. Excuse me, I don't know the name of my own show, and uh, he was like, he was very polite. He said, you know, I noticed there's not any episodes for the rest of the season. Could you kindly please do that? And I said, you know what? You're right, buddy. And he's like, that would be much appreciated. Put a little smiley face. And I held on to this email because I wanted to give him a shout out. I told him that um, I'd have a new episode uh, this upcoming week. And then I waited until the last possible minute, Sunday night, to do this. Uh, it's like hours ahead in, it's already like 2 a.m. in England. Monday morning. So, officially, I I didn't hit the week for you over in England. Uh, but Caden, when you wake up for school, then tomorrow, or I guess it's today now for you, hopefully in your podcast app, you'll see a brand new episode of Stranger Danger. This one's for you, buddy. Now, today, we are going to cover chapter six Of Stranger Things 3. E pluribus unum. Which. Now my Latin's a little bit rusty. But I believe it means the platypus foot. No? Wait. I'm looking. Let me look it up. Actually, it means out of many, one. So think about it. Think about that. Out of many, one. Think about how this episode ends. You saw this episode, right? We're not... You're not going to hang out with me for the next six hours. I don't know how long this episode's going to be. You're not going to hang out with me all this time if you haven't watched this episode, have you? Anyway, before we dig deep in, and we're going to dig deep in, um, let's take a moment to hear from today's sponsor. All right, let's do this. So, this episode picks up with our mall rats. Robin, Erica, Dustin, and Steve. They're in the underground Russian mall base, and they're watching on as the Russian scientists are lasering into what looks like a new gate. The gate...
0: I don't understand. You've seen this before? Not exactly. Then what exactly? All you need to know is it's bad. It's really bad. It's like end of the human race as we know it kind of bad. And you know about this how? Um, Steve? Where's your Russian friend?
1: So Robin's like, why do you guys know about what the hell we're seeing in this underground Russian lair? Which makes perfect Sense, but Steve and Dustin are already thinking like, "Oh God, what's what's going on? Oh my God, we're, we're, this again!" Uh, when Erica notices that the Russian that Steve uh, knocked out, remember, "Hey, dude, you want to fight?" Uh, he's not there. So all of a sudden, all these alarms go off, and guards are after them, so they start running. First, they run into the laser area. I don't know what it's called. And right up to where the laser is before they're getting out of the room. And Steve is, um, I mean, Dustin's just yelling, shit, 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 over and over and over again. It's actually pretty funny. At one point, he hits a guard and just screams at the top of his lungs. And then finally, they they do get out of the room, and Steve slams the door and holds it while a bunch of the guards are trying to open it. And uh, Erica finds a trapdoor to get out. But Robin uh, has to go over and help Steve keep the door shut. And Dustin, he's like, he's hesitant to leave. And Steve is like, go, go, go. just get out of here. come on now. No, go get
2: them out, okay? What are you doing? I won't forget you.
1: I had to include that line just because it made me laugh. So Dustin and Erica escape right as the guards bust through the door, and they hold Steve and Robin at gut point. Gut point. Gun point. We cut back over to the hospital where, if you remember, Tom and that other guy, Jake Busey, who I still never remember his name, uh, they went. remember they went from the, pa- they're from the newspaper, and they went bananas. They tried to kill Jonathan and Nancy. Then they turned into that jelly-like goo uh, before Voltroning together. ...to form that new monster. Well, that's happening upstairs. And downstairs, the kids know something's up. All the lights are flickering. All the hair on the back of Will's neck stands up. And he looks scared. And Eleven just has this look of anger on her face... ...like she's ready for a fight. We go upstairs, and the monster is pissed. And Nancy is, like, running for her life. While Jonathan is yelling, I think trying to distract the monster... ...so she can get away uh But the monster just runs after her. the kids downstairs waste no time trying to come upstairs uh they' they run right by the nurse. she's like two at a time, but they just take off trying to get up there uh the The monster is hot on Nancy's trail now she's cornered in a room, and the monster turns into goo she she closes the door and the mon- the monster turns into just a gelatinous goo i love i say goo way too much, and it seeps under the door, which is as effective as it is disgusting. And now now the monster's in the room with Nancy, and Jonathan's trying to break into the room. And the kids are still trying to get upstairs. Elevator stairs, they're, they're trying to get up there. The monster now reforms itself and smashes Nancy across the room. Jonathan's trying like hell to break in, and the monster just... Smashes open the door.
0: Jesus,
1: what the fuck? Bam, pow. She, she like lifts it up using all her uh, telekinetic powers. Up, down, boom, bam, smash, boom. Out the, and then smash that thing out the window. It's like, smashes into down, you know, outside. They all run outside, just in time to see the goo piles. (laughs) The goo pile. I wrote that um, seep away into the sore. So it's like, it's just going, we follow the goo way down through the sore. You know why that sounds gross? Because it is gross. So this thing is just slithering along the floor, uh, you know, in the sore down through the pipes all the way back to the steelworks where it goes right up to Heather and Billy and now Billy can finally proclaim it's time time for what? I don't like the sound of that So now we go right to the opening credits, and when we come back, it's the Roan County Fair. It's all coming together for Mr. Mayor, and he seems pretty proud of himself, chomping on that cigar, and he's wearing his sunglasses. Of course, he's wearing his sunglasses to hide the fact that Hopper beat the hell out of him, and of course, everything's perfect, but there's one hot dog cart that is out of place. And he goes up and he acts like a real jerk. He's like, jerk he's like what? what is this doing here It's in the middle of everything He's like should I move it over there Yeah move it over there get it out of here And he's all cocky and everything But then a look of fear Goes over his face When he looks over and sees by Outside this ride The scary Russian man standing there glaring at him uh, He looks pretty scared But then he kind of puts on a brave face And goes over and confronts him They go inside that ride and they have a brief conversation where Mr. Mayor seems like he put on a little too much of a brave face, but the uh, scary Russian man squashes that pretty quickly. My friends in state PD,
2: highway patrol, they're all on the lookout. I got eyes everywhere. Second he pops up, I get a call. A call? Yes, a call. (laughs) I mean, what more do you people want me to do? We want you to find him. Let me explain something to you. This man is a moron, okay? He's driving around in a yellow convertible for Christ's sakes. He sticks out like a sore thumb. I will find him. And when I do, may I suggest you bring some backup with you this time? Backup? Some comrades. Since last time you got the better of you. <laughs> <laughs> This man is your fault. Your problem. You're lucky you still breathe. lucky. Please. I'm sorry. I have a bad temper. I'm going to therapy. You have one day to find this man for me. Not if you understand.
1: I think the scary Russian guy got through to the mayor because now they're saying uh, he has one day to find Hopper. And Hopper, he's like, he's driving around in a a yellow convertible. So, I mean, they know he's out there. But uh, now the mayor is definitely on the lookout for Hopper. Speaking of Hopper, we cut over to him pulling back into Murray's after going to pick up some food, it looks like he brought back some Whoppers, some cigarettes, and a giant Slurpee, even though the 7-Eleven is nowhere near the Burger King. Got all these things for Alexei. Uh, he asked for all these things before um, he started to talk. Uh, he's also watching Woody Woodpecker, so it seemed like Alexei's trying to embrace everything he knows about America all at once, you know. Uh, the cigarettes, the giant sugary drinks, the giant hamburgers, and the classic cartoons. But the slurpy strawberry, not cherry. Hopper's like, it's all the same sugar on ice. They didn't even have cherry. So he gets what he gets. Murray translates this all to Alexei, and Alexei's response?
2: <laughs> <laughs> he says, no cherry. No deal. Yeah.
1: At this point, Hopper goes crazy. Grabs Alexi, starts roughing him up, says he's not going to hurt him, but he is really roughing him up. I think trying to scare him. I'm just
2: giving him an opportunity. To get up. His own. Jerry, Scorpion.
1: He takes Alexi, throws him out of the house, takes the car keys, throws them out with him.
2: Jim, that man is an enemy of the state, and who's been jerking us around for a full day. I get him his cherry slurpee. Then what? He wants a helicopter to charter him to his
1: own private island. I have dealt with assholes like this my entire life. This is pretty much one of my favorite scenes in this episode. So Hopper figures that, um, you know, he would never tried to escape when they were in the woods. He's like, he had a chance to leave. He didn't. The thing is, he's more afraid of them than he is of us. So he's not going anywhere. He'll march right back in here and apologize. This is what Hopper's thinking. He's like, I know guys like this. He knows where his best bet. While he's saying this, Alexei looks at the car keys like, oh my God. He grabs them, jumps in the car, turns the car engine on. Joyce is like, he's trying to get away. He's, he's, he's in the car. I hear him pulling out, and Alexi pulls out and starts to drive away. And Murray and, um, and, and Joyce run outside because they're like, they think they're going to stop him. He starts pulling away, and then he hits the end of the driveway and he stops. He stops and he doesn't move. And then you just see Hopper stand behind Joyce and, and Murray with his arms crossed, like, I told you so. He backs the car up a little bit, takes the keys out, hands them back to Hopper. And on the way back into the house, he says in Russian, I like strawberry too. We cut back over to Starcourt where Erica and Dustin are in the ventilation area. And it seems like um, Dustin is trying to figure out how to turn off uh, a fan so that they can get through. And while he's doing this, it's like we get the tail end of Dustin, I think, explaining everything that happened, um, basically, in season one and season two. And she's like, all that shit that happened, Lucas was there? After everything she heard, the most unbelievable part of all of it was that her brother was part of it, which was hilarious. And while he's trying to disable the fan, um, Erica... Is like crunching the numbers And she does this rather quickly Where she's like If we need to get here um, From there Blah 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 It's going to take us 12 days at this rate And like she says All these calculations Like perfectly And Dustin's like You did all this In your head? She's like I'm good with numbers And then he finally realized something.
0: Holy shit, you're a nerd. come again? You are a nerd. Okay, you better take that back, nerd. Can't put the truth back in the box. But it's not the truth. Let's examine the facts, shall we? Fact one, you're a math whiz, apparently. That was a pretty straightforward equation. Fact number two, you're a political junkie. Just because I don't agree with communism as an ideology? Fact number three, you love My Little Pony.
1: And what does My Little Pony have to do with this?
0: Let's recall the ponies' latest adventure, shall we? The evil centaur demon Tyrek turns Applejack into a dragon at Midnight Castle, and then Megan and the other ponies have to use Mootook's magic to defeat his rainbow of darkness, saving them from a lifetime of enslavement. All the pink in the world can't disguise the irrefutable fact that centaurs and castles and dragons and magic are all standard nerd tropes. Ergo, My Little Pony is nerdy. Ergo, you, Erica, are a nerd. And how
2: do you know so much about My Little Pony?
0: Because I'm... A nerd.
1: Let's go. Nerd. So he's able to disable the fan. uh, And, of course, Erica, all she cares about is being labeled a nerd. But they're able to go through and continue on their daring escape. Speaking of Stephen Robin... Uh, We jump over and Steve is actually being interrogated by the Russians and getting his ass kicked. They're asking him, who do you work for and how did you get in here? And he's like, scoops ahoy. He's like, why are you dressed this way? He's like, what do you think, I'm I'm a spy dressed in a sailor's uniform? How did you get in?
2: I already told you. I told you before. My delivery didn't come. My friends and I, we thought that it was left at the loading dock, so... We went in the room, and then it turned into an elevator, and then and then we dropped, and then next thing we know, I opened my eyes, and, and we're in this wonderful facility. But I swear to God, nobody knows about it. Nobody saw us. You could just let us go, all right? And I'm not gonna tell anybody about this, okay? Shit happens, life goes on. And uh, ice, ice cream, ice cream, okay? You guys know what ice cream is. Everybody loves ice cream. I don't know if you have Russian ice cream or if that's considered gelato. I don't know what's what, but whatever you guys want. Seriously, USS Butterscotch, I mean, you gotta try it. It is out of this world, I'm telling you. I like this guy. (laughs) USS Butterscotch. <laughs> Who do
1: you work for? Oh, my. No, 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 they seem to be amused by him, but they do not um, they do not believe him. So they um, they punch him and basically knock him out. Then they drag him into a room where they also drag Robin, and they slap her around too, the friggin' bastards. Um, They strap them both to chairs, and Steve is pretty much out of it. And he's like, I think your friend needs a doctor. Good thing we have the very best. And then Robin spits right in his face. You're going to regret that. And then they leave them locked away. We cut over to the void, to the blackness, and Eleven is in there walking around. She's looking for something or someone. In the real world, Eleven is sitting in a room blindfolded with a drop of blood coming from her nose. The TV is playing some static, and the white noise is masking any sound so that she can concentrate. On the floor in front of her are photos of Heather and her parents, Billy. Bruce Lowe from the paper. Hey, that's Jake Busey's name. I finally wrote it down. And a church program celebrating bingo night with Mrs. Driscoll on the front. So she's using those to try to locate them. Ergo, she's trying to find out where they are and where the monster is. Outside her room, Mike is not liking that Eleven is using her power so much. There were a bunch of uh, bloody tissues in a basket near her. And that's the audio that I uh, played at the beginning of this episode. And it's a It was a long a long clip, but there's a lot of long clips in this episode, but they're just too good to, to not play, right? Um, now, he's very upset about this, but Max is like, you need to let her make the decision. She can decide for herself. You don't need to come in and, and rescue her or anything like that. While this is going on, Nancy's calling around about the fertilizer, but hitting a dead end. And then Mike's conversation bleeds over, and he starts yelling at them for using Eleven like she's some kind of machine. And he's like, "I don't want you to do this, blah blah blah, blah because I love her." And when he says that, she comes out, and everyone's like, "Oh!" and she's like, "What's going on?" And like, "Nothing, just talking, family business," you know. And then she says, um, "I found him." And Max is like, "Or was it Nancy?" Said, "Who's him?" Back over at Murray's, Alexi is explaining everything to them now. There is this key that they are building, and they are siphoning off Hawkins' power grid to power everything. But why here?
2: Okay, sorry, sorry. The straw represents the key, which emits a great energy. <laughs> They're using this energy to break through to open a doorway, a doorway between worlds. But it seems this key was only half the equation. Location,
0: location was the other half.
2: Oh. Okay, this
0: door had been opened
2: once. The
0: still, healing. Jesus Christ. So this door is open now? сейчас Пока нет,
2: но он открывается.
0: He says it is
2: opening.
1: Oh no So is it the exact same gate That we saw 11 closed At the end of last season Or no because that was at the Hawkins lab This is now the mall But it's underneath the mall Maybe they're tunneling over to the lab And using part of the lab resources No I think it's They're making you know it's Similar area but they're um, They're making a new gate I think I don't know Uh, But Joyce is like they're, they're both freaking out Because they've gone through this I don't know if Murray knows about all this Because he was like a doorway between worlds Joyce rushes right away To try to call the kids And Hopper rushes too To get something to drink He was looking for um, scotch or something And Murray's like I have vodka And they share a little And just kind of figure Hey if the key can be turned on it can be turned off, too, right? So they sit down with Alexi again, and of course he can turn off the key, but he is now exposed. He's compromised. Hopper's like, I will get you to your key. Very dramatic, and Alexi just laughs. He's like, he likes your courage, but Hopper reminds you him of a fat Rambo. And even a thin Rambo couldn't get him there. It is an underground fortress created by the greatest Russian minds, guarded by the greatest Russian warriors. Breaking in is impossible. And Hopper just has this look on his face. He's like, impossible, huh? Impossible, hmm, because we cut right over to some people who did break in. I know it was inadvertently, but we cut right over to Dustin and Erica, who are, you know... Going through these very hallowed halls right now. Dustin and Erica, after escaping the Russian soldiers, they stumbled into a room now that is filled with those containers of the green gel that I want to call plutonium, but it definitely isn't. Remember the one that melted through the floor? They're just like in this room filled with all this stuff. Like, what the hell? And they kind of walk around a little bit. And then they find this tram car. Uh, but there are no keys. So they're like, okay, um, hmm, maybe we can look around for some keys. So while Dustin is looking around, Erica kind of walks around a little bit and sees this giant cage. And she's like, uh Dustin, how big was that Demogorgon again? He's like, oh, about nine feet. And he finds this box, and he uses a um, screwdriver that he had to pop, op- pop it open. And he found the keys to the tram car. Uh, and while he does that... He turns, and Erica shows up with this giant electric cattle prod. She's like, and he's like, what, 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 what is that for? She's like, it's a deadly weapon that we could use to save everybody. Dustin was like, you got to be more realistic. So they get into the car, and he's, she's like, do you even know how to drive? He's like, well, Max did it, so it can't be that hard. And they take off. We cut back over to Robin and Steve, and Steve finally uh, comes to And he's like oh, well, well, and She's like hey hey!" She has an idea There were scissors That they left over um, On this table And they're like Those idiots left scissors They're such idiots They're like They're calling them idiots And they're like so excited So they, they said okay Together we're going to hop And they're like One They're going to hop t- Tied to each other in a chair One Okay cool 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 Two Alright cool cool Great great This is going to work It's going to work And then three not so much, and they fall down hard. and the, the the bad part is they fall away from the scissors. so they're not even close to the scissors. and Steve is just like sitting there, and all of a sudden he hears Robin, and I think she might be crying.
2: <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. Don't cry, Robin.
1: <laughs> Are you laughing?
2: Yeah. Jeez. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry. It's just, I can't believe I'm going to die in a secret Russian base with Steve the Hare Harrington. It's just too
1: <laughs> trippy, man. We're not going to die.
2: We're going to get out of here, okay? <laughs> just you got to let me just think for a second.
1: So she goes on to actually have a really good kind of acting monologue. I'm not sure exactly what you'd say, what you'd call it, but um, very emotional. She goes on to talk about... Uh, Mrs. Clickety Clack, I think that's what they called them, and how it was first period, and she sat behind uh, Steve for the entire class. Uh, he would always come in late because it was first period, and he's like, "You probably had no idea that I sat behind you the entire class, and you were you were like such you were so, so such a jerk. You were always such a jerk, uh, but it didn't matter. I was still obsessed with you." Um, we, we just wanted to be, you know, I just wanted to be accepted and, and popular. You know, the kid, the kids who aren't cool, that's all they want. They just want to be accepted and, and, and be cool. And Steve's like, you know, it's not everything it's cracked up to be. And he's like, I wish I did know you in that class. Maybe I would have passed. You could have helped me pass. And I'd be in college instead of a slinging ice cream. And she's like, yeah, yeah. And I would be, um, Slinging ice cream with some other schlub, happily, blissfully ignorant of the fact that there are Russians in this underground bunker. I would have no idea what's going on and it would be I'd be very safe and very happy about that. And they laugh about that just as the Russians come in and see that they've been pretty busy. They sit the chairs back up and they say this time they're going to get Steve to talk because they take out this injection. I think the stuff inside was bluish, whatever. I don't know. They have that crazy Russian doctor there. And I'm assuming this is some sort of sodium pentothal truth serum. Truth. Truth serum. Say that five times fast. Truth serum. And um, I'm not going to edit that out because that's funny. And... It looks like... He's like, is that needle clean? And they inject him and it looks like it really, really hurts as the needle goes in. And we cut back over to more static television and uh, Eleven is using her powers again. And everyone is sitting around her this time watching her as she rips off her blindfold. And they're like, "What, what is he doing? What's he doing? And Eleven goes and gets a glass of water and apparently... And Max is like, this doesn't make any sense. Apparently... Billy's just sitting in his room on the 4th of July, just kind of doing nothing, which is absolutely not normal.
0: Billy's staying in his room on the 4th of July? No, that's not normal.
1: He wants us to find him.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. If we go to Billy, then the rest of the flayed know where we are. It's a trap. I agree. We'll be ambushed. We won't be surprised. We'll know that they're coming, and we
1: will kick their flayed butts.
0: You mean Elle will kick their butts?
1: And Eleven is actually looking at a box of Lucky Charms and sees the rainbow on it. It reminds her of uh, her mother and the lab where uh, they were together where she was a child. And it sparked some sort of memory, and she approaches the group, and she says, uh, I know it's a trap. She says, we can't go to Billy, but I think there's another way for me to see where he's been.
0: I know you think you have to do this, but you don't. It's just, you've only done this before once. And your mom, she loved you and wanted you to know what happened. And Billy's mind is is sick, diseased. The mind flare is in him. He can't hurt me. Not in there. We don't know that. Mike, I need you to trust me.
1: Yeah. Just be careful. Mike's hesitant, uh, but, you know, he has to trust Eleven and he gives Max a look and she's like, yeah, trust him, you jerk. And uh, he's like, "Okay, all right, all right. So she puts... The blindfold on, and she goes into the void. And she sees Billy from far, far away sitting on his bed because we know that he's home waiting. She walks up to him, right up to him. He's staring off in the distance because he's in his room just sitting there. He's not in the void, so he can't see her yet. Eleven then, for some reason, she doesn't just want to... Um, See him She wants to connect with him Now this was what she said um, Where she had an idea I think it's because Her mother grabbed her In the void or she touched her mother In the void right that's what happened And that's how she got a lot of those Memories so she figures if she does it With Billy Maybe the outcome will be The same
0: Can you hear me? I want to see. I want 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 to to see what happened.
1: Billy looks her right in the face, and then grabs her by the arm. And panic sets in Eleven's eyes. Uh, She seems to really be struggling back in the cabin in the real world. Mike is like, something's wrong, something's wrong. In the void, she's pulling up, she's putting up a fight, trying to pull away, pull away, and then he lets her go and she falls backwards. And it's very like cinematic, very well done where she's like, Oh, falling backwards in slow motion. And we see visions of the demogorgon or the mind flayer and Billy and Heather, and she starts to see everything even the car accident. And then all of a sudden she lands on a beach and it's like, uh, what? She looks around. It's sunny. It's beautiful. And it's like, where the hell is she now? She can hear Mike back in the cabin. uh, Talking is like, are you okay? And she's able to communicate back to them. I'm okay. I'm on a beach. And Lucas is like, Uh, okay, last time I checked, there aren't any beaches in Hawkins. So Max is like, what else do you see? And she says she sees a woman. And she's pretty, and I think she's looking at me. Uh, She's smiling and clapping, and then she looks, and we see a little boy with a surfboard. The kid is like 10, and he's like, can I have 10 more minutes surfing? She's like, fine, 10 more minutes, but no longer than that, because... After that, your dad's going to be mad. And that little line was like, just mentioning there that just 10 minutes of surfing, uh, your dad's going to be really mad, shows that this dad is a real, real, real jerk. And as he goes out there, she calls him Billy. So now we know that uh, we're in Billy's mind. We're in a memory of Billy. And... um, Even in this mention, you see that he really, really loved his mom, but the dad seems a little scary. And then she's like, guys, I think I can see the source. And she starts walking along the beach. And in the distance, we see this great storm of red with red lightning, very reminiscent of what Will saw last year. We cut back over to Murray's and Hopper wants to make a phone call. Murray's like, listen, you have two minutes anything longer than that and they can trace you. Hopper's like I want them to trace me and Murray's like wait, what? But then too late Hopper starts making the phone call.
0: Philadelphia Public Library. Uh, This is Jim Hopper uh, Police Chief Hawkins. I got this number from Dr. Sam Owens.
1: What is your identification code? Identification code? You don't know it? You must be joking. Oh, no, I I got it, I got it. I got it, I got it.
2: You wrote it down and kept it in your wallet? Antique chariot. Listen, um, tell Owens that the Ruskies are opening the gate. Now, he'll know what that means. Not about the Ruskies, but about the gate. Tell him that there's an entrance at Star Court Mall.
1: I know how to get in. But I need backup, a lot of backup. Have him call me back here at 618-625-8313. Your message will be relayed.
0: So now what? Now we, uh, we wait.
1: So if you remember, Sam Owens is the Paul Reiser character from season two, who he thought was going to be an evil doctor, but turned out to be a good doctor. So Murray, first of all, is beside himself because Hopper gave his phone number out. he's like you you burnt me you you've completely exposed me and Joyce is pissed because it's like, we're not gonna wait." She calls right back and she's like, "Hey, this is antique Charrier's partner, and uh, I don't think you um understand the um how the gravity of the situation. She basically screams at him to get the soldiers down here as quickly as possible and um, hangs up on him, and Hopper's like, it was one minute. She's like, well, she's worried about the kids. He's like, the kids are at the fair. She's like, the fair is right near the gate. And she's not waiting around any longer. She grabs Alexi and says, we're heading into Hawkins. And she goes to leave, and Hopper follows, and then Murray follows as well, but he's grabbing as many papers as possible because he doesn't want to leave any kind of trace behind because he figures, you know, he's found out at this point. And uh, his location's been compromised. So they... Head off. And that is the end of Murray, Joyce, Hopper, and Alexi. We don't see their characters for the rest of this episode. We cut back over to Steve and Robin, and they both seem like they're feeling fine right now. They're like, I feel good. I feel good, too. They're like, oh, there's definitely something wrong with us. First they're like These morons messed us messed up with the drugs There's nothing wrong Well there's definitely something wrong with us But they're giggling They're both super high And then um, the general or whatever he is And the doctor with all these scary metal tools Come back in for questioning
2: Let's try this again Yes mm-hmm. Who do you work for? Excuse <laughs> Excuse all my... How did you find us? Totally by accident. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it. What is that shiny little that. toy? Whoa, whoa. Hey, see, hey, oh, wait, no, wait, wait! wait, wait, wait so, so, whoa, whoa, whoa. There was a code, there was a code, we heard a code.
0: Code. What code?
2: The week is long. The silver cat feeds when blue meets yellow in the west. Blah blah blah. You broadcast that. St- stupid spy shit all over town and we picked it up on our cerebro and we cracked it in a day a day you think you're so smart but a couple of kids who scoop ice cream for a living cracked your coat in a day and now people know you're here who knows we are here suka uh well dustin (laughs) Hi, steve (laughs) yeah dustin henderson steve dustin henderson (laughs) this your small curly hair friend. Oh, curly hair, great hair. Small, kinda like a fro. yeah. What is he? Oh, he's long gone, you big asshole. And he's probably calling Hopper, and Hopper's calling the U.S. Cavalry. <laughs> They're gonna come in here commando-style, guns a blazing and kick your sorry asses back to Russia. You're gonna be two pieces of toast. <laughs> is that
0: so?
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: I love this scene because the kids tell the truth. They, you know, that they work for the Scoops Ahoy and um, Robin spills the beans that they just stumbled upon the code and they cracked it in one day. And uh, they're like, Dustin Henderson. Yeah. And they talk about his hair, which was pretty funny. And a little guy. And um, he's like, oh, yeah, he's off getting the cavalry right now. And then when those alarms go off, Steve has this look on his face like, see, see the cavalry's here, but it's not the cavalry. Quite awesomely, it was just a diversion by Dustin and Erica. They took all those chemicals, those green chemicals, and they dumped them into uh, to make this hole that seems to go through multiple holes, like multiple floors, down, 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 down. But what that did was leave Steve and Robin alone with that doctor creepy guy. And in runs Dustin with the cattle prod, and he just goes, ah, and shocks the guy. The guy falls down. Dustin looks at him almost like, uh, is he dead? I don't know. But then all of a sudden, they start untying Steve and Robin, and Steve is like, that was awesome. Uh, he's like, wow, what are you doing? <laughs> it was just, it was pretty funny. And then he starts untying them, and uh, he's like, get ready to run. And that's the last time we see this group, the Mallrats, Erica, Robin, Steve, and Dustin. We don't see them anymore. We cut back to the beach, back to the beach. Eleven is staring into the storm of red. She looks up into the sky and sees like, clouds swirling around. And then around her, she sees all these flakes. And it's like she's in the Upside Down. It's at this point she sees another memory from Billy. For son? We see his dad yelling at him about a little league game, calling him a crybaby, calling him names, being such a jerk. He is such a dick. Where
2: we're worried last night. Stop
1: him. Him. It's like Eleven is going through these terrible turmoils that Billy's gone through in his life. Now we see his dad accuse his wife of cheating and calling her names and he even hits her.
0: I don't understand. Why not? Please, Mom, don't do that.
1: Now we see a memory of what it looks like, Billy's mom leaving him and the family. Get back here. Get off. Now we see Billy starting to turn into the bully himself taking after his father, using some of the same language his dad would use. Billy, come over here. I want you
2: to meet someone. This is your new sister. Her name's Maxine.
1: And it seems like the first time that Billy ever met Max, they were already brother and sister. I said, who's there? Now we're getting caught up with things. We're seeing... Uh, the car right outside the factory, and Eleven's at the factory, uh, and she sees everything kind of as it happened, but everything's bathed in red, and she looks up, and she sees storm clouds a brewing. It's at this point that Eleven realizes. That she stumbled upon it. She's found the source.
0: I think I found it. The source. Where El where are you? I'm born. Still works.
1: Here, steal. Uh, Found it. 6522 Cherry Oak Drive.
0: That's close. L, L, we found it. Get out of there. Get out! Get out!
1: Mike yells at her to get out, get out. And all of a sudden, we just kind of see all the flashes of memories kind of like in reverse of her where she was falling. Now she's coming back to that. And she's right back where... She was where Billy grabbed her. She takes her blindfold off, and she's back in the room. But she's alone.
0: Mike? 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 Mike! Mike!
1: Mike! He can't hear you. She's not out. She's still in. You shouldn't have looked for me. Because now I see you.
2: Now we can all see you.
1: Uh oh. Now we start to see this montage of um, going back and forth with Eleven and Billy to like. All these flayed people. First, we see Heather and her mother just kind of walking through a Fourth of July party completely zombified. You let us in. One dude just left burgers right on the grill. Adam, you're gonna miss it! Even a kid has been flayed. and That was tough to uh, process. Don't you see? All this time, we've been building it. We've been building it
2: for you. All that work,
1: all that pain, all of it, for you. I think he's talking about, like, everything from the last couple seasons, that everything they've been doing is for her. And now it's time. Time to end it. And we are going to end
2: you. And when you are gone, we are going to end your friends. And then we are going to end
1: just as he says that 11 uses her powers and flings him across the room and then she pulls off her blindfold again this time she's really really out of the void uh and she's like completely upset freaking out but everyone's there comforting her making sure she's okay Now we cut over to the steelworks, and everyone we just saw, I mean everyone, Heather, her mom, uh, then we see Mrs. Driscoll, one of the kids, they all walk up in front of the the monster and just collapse into a pile of the jellies' goo, and and they die. They give themselves to the monster. I mean, they're all—and it was just, like, awful to see. I mean, children, adults, families, just gone, wiped up, turned to goo— And turned into the monster. And then the monster, now bigger, stronger than ever, emerges as it breaks free from the steelworks. And our episode comes... To an end. Was that dramatic enough? That ending there, I felt it. It was like a crescendo. Ah, wow, we did it! Another episode, e pluribus unum, in the books. So, I mean, let's recap. What did we learn here? First of all, we learned that that monster that we saw in the uh, hospital was only filled with a couple. People, I think that was only the goo of of um, Tom and the other guy, but they are adding, uh, as E Base unum said. What is it? Out of the many, the one, or whatever, something like that. Um, and they're adding, and they're building, and they're building based on people. The more people they get, the bigger it gets. And Eleven now knows. The um, what everything is, everything has been spilled out before her because she confronted Billy in the upside down in the void, not in the upside down, and she was able to connect through him to see all of his memories, to see what happened to him, what spawned him, what turned him kind of into being a dick, and then from there, what actually turned him into an actual monster. Um, and she saw all of that, and now we know that all these people, all these flayed people, they did. And um, they are part of the monster now. You know, you, When you hear people pass away, you're like, they're in a better place. These people are not in a better place. I repeat, not in a better place. Now, besides that, I mean, that's really what the Eleven and that gang did. I mean, they kind of talked about it. They planned. They looked for Billy. They found Billy, and they ended up connecting with Billy. That was the gist of everything. After they saved Nancy's life in the hospital, um, <clears throat> the other gang, the Mallrats, they kind of they saw the laser. They saw the Russians involved. They got questioned. They learned. They found all this green stuff. Um, and they were able to maybe escape. They, they definitely saved them from interrogation. I don't know where this escape is, how they're going to do this. Are they going to jump in that little tram and drive back? I don't know. And I've seen the episodes and I don't remember. So I'm excited to see what happens next with that. And then with our adults, our grownups, um, they, um, finally got through to Alexi, or Alexi finally told them everything that's going on. And now Joyce and Hopper know that it's related to the gate that caused Will so much turmoil and peril in Seasons 1 and 2. Um, and now they've connected with uh, Paul Reiser. So now they know. The government knows that something's going on and that the Russians are involved. Um, and now they need to head back into Hawkins to warn the kids. So it's like, what's my favorite thing? My favorite thing is when groups come together. I love when we have a group that comes together with a group that comes together with a group. So it happened a little when Nancy and Jonathan finally joined up with the kids. Now we need the mall to join up with Eleven and the gang, and then finally the grown-ups, which I don't think that happens for a while. I don't remember, or maybe it doesn't happen at all. It's been a while. But I think that's just about it. We know the plan, and we know there's a big, bad monster out there. And we know there's a fight coming. And Eleven is ready. Because it seems like they need to destroy Eleven before they can destroy the friends and then destroy the world. So, once again, Eleven, you're the key. Um, I think that's it. I think I've covered everything. If I missed something, which I'm sure I did. There are ways that you can reach out to me and connect with me. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Stranger D Pod. That's Stranger D Pod because everything else was taken. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at Geek Mentality. And you can find, uh, you can email me. You can email me like my buddy Caden. At Stranger Danger at fans.experts.com You want to get a shout out Or you want to point out uh, what I screwed up on Or give me your theories I'd love to hear from you guys That would be great um, I want to thank you guys again For continuing to support the show Listening and subscribing And yeah, I think that's it I think I'm done So, until next time which is going to be sometime in July. I promise you. Thank you again for listening, and beware, Billy. Yeah, Billy. Fans are
2: experts.